In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have to admit, I, I love turbulence. If, if I could pay extra money for a flight to have more turbulence, I would hit that button. But probably one of the more uh, engaging and enjoyable parts of a flight is the landing. Now, it's not like Italians, and if you're Italian, I do not mean to offend you, but whenever an Alitalia flight lands successfully, everyone applauds. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's just the joy of the gospel. But the most enjoyable landing I've ever had, besides landing on an aircraft carrier, which was actually very cool, um, back in 1995, was uh, in, in the last few years, um, and I'm usually paying attention to you know what direction we're headed. Is it you know north, south, east, east or west? Which already sounds uh, like code language to some of you. Um, and then, what direction is the wind coming from? Because usually planes want to land into the wind, right? Because the airspeed has to be uh, sufficient to keep the plane aloft, but the plane wants to be going as slow as possible with respect to the ground, right? So the airspeed under the wing isn't necessarily the same as the ground speed, the, 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 the amount of uh, land that the plane is crossing over, right? So if there's no wind, the airspeed and the ground speed is the same. Um, if the plane's going 100 miles an hour and the wind is going 100 miles an hour, um, then I, d I don't know what the answer is going to be. But um, the, the, that does remind me to pray for the Dominican brothers and all of our seminarians who are in finals this week. Um, I did scoff at one of our seminarians who's at a seminary. I won't mention the name of it, but it's, uh, it's in Emmitsburg, Maryland. And... I, um, uh, I scoffed at his request for prayers, um, but I did promise brother, because he's at the Dominican House of Studies, um, which is a bit more demanding, that I would, in fact, pray for brother this week for his finals. So, nevertheless, but if the wind is coming at an angle or from the side of the airplane, uh, it's not as though the airplane can necessarily turn in directly into the wind, because the runway is paved, right? There's only a few runways to choose from, and you can come from either end, but still, un uh, unless it's National Airport and there's one runway. Um, but when the wind is coming from, from the side of the airplane, the airplane can't point straight forward, because if it points straight forward, the wind is going to push it off to the side. And there was a significant, it almost was a storm, but there was a significant crosswind. And the plane, you could see the plane was at a distinct angle to the, to the runway. And I've, obviously I've, you know, I've Googled this and watched it on YouTube many times, so I know exactly what's going to happen. In order for the plane to fly straight, it has to fly, it has to point itself at an angle 
And therefore, it actually it moves straight in the air, even though its nose isn't pointed straight forward. Its nose is pointed off to the side. And then as soon as the wheels hit the ground, the plane straightens out, and you know, that, then it's a vehicle. Then it's not affected by, by the crosswind. And I even I complimented the pilot on the excellent crosswind landing. It was phenomenal. Because you, you could actually see, you could see the fuselage, you could see the inside of the airplane just simply change direction as soon as the wheels hit the ground. It was awesome. But that's not what I want to talk about today. <laughs> but you get the idea of, if you want to go straight, sometimes you can't point straight at a point off to the side. So think of these vectors. Vectors are very important. If the, if the, this is easy, because it's, if the plane is going, let's say, um, uh, 100 miles an hour, that's fair. I don't know airplanes, probably your average commercial airplane would fall out of the ground at 100 miles, or fall out of the air at 100 miles an hour. But if the, if the wind is coming directly from across at 100 miles an hour, right, so those vectors are the same length. 100 miles an hour is the airplane, 100 miles an hour is the wind speed. The plane actually has to point off, point off at a 45 degree angle in order to be able to move forward straight. That's in order to be able to go into a straight line. Now what I really want to talk to you about is sailboats. Because when you're sailing, it's not just the wind that you have to factor in, right? If you want to go directly to a point that's due north of you, right? And whether it's magnetic or true, I, we're not going to get into that. But due north of you, and the wind is coming from the northwest, which isn't so bad. If you want to go really fast, you want it coming right off your beam, right? Directly off your shoulder. That's going to be one of the faster, uh, more enjoyable points of sail. But the wind isn't just helping you go forward, the wind is also pushing you slightly to the side. That's going to depend on your, your centerboard or your keel or whatever else you have to provide the resistance. But still, in order to go straight to that point, you can't point to where you're going. You have to point off to the side because the wind is pushing you sideways just a little bit. But then it's not just wind that you're up against. There's there's water underneath you, and hopefully it stays underneath you. If it's no longer underneath you, then you're um, a submarine, not a sailboat. Because the, the water has a current, and that current usually is constant, but it, it, that might vary depending on where you are in the water. And then there's the tide, right? And the, and the tide is proof of the existence of God because it's, it's affected by the moon. Right? When, when the moon is directly above you, then the tide's going to be highest. When the moon's directly underneath your feet on the other side, that's going to be the other, that's going to be the next highest um, uh, tide because the, the moon is going to squeeze the water of the earth to its ends. Um, all right, never mind the tide. But if, it, if you're in a sailboat and you want to go in a straight line, you can't just point to where you're headed. And St. John the Baptist is telling these souls who, who 
hear about God, who know about God, who believe in God, who sort of follow God, who sort of obey God, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the path. Stop going off in in crooked lines. Stop straying away. And, And some of these people are are not following God. They just like to hear a, a great, a great sermon. John, John the Baptist must have been phenomenal because even the guy who killed him loved to listen to him. But some of these people are trying, right? They're coming to John the Baptist confessing their sins. These aren't people who are, who are opposed to God. So one little lesson that we can take is that if, if, if I want to go straight forward and there's no wind and there's no current and there's no tide, then just point to where you want to go and you'll get there eventually, sooner or later. But if, there, if there's other stuff going on If there's wind and current and tide, you can't just say, well, I'm just pointing at where I want to go. What are the winds and the current and the tide for us? it's, It's stuff inside of us and it's stuff outside of us. It's the pressures, it's the temptations. It's the, the anxiety of, of, of life. It's everything that influences you to do what you don't want to do. And everything that makes it more difficult for you to do what you want to do. Nobody wants to offend God. Nobody in their right mind. And so when we make a plan, whether it be Advent or Lent, or just the plan of life between one confession and the next, I can't simply be content to have just good intentions as though I am not prepared to meet with opposition. There will always be opposition, and it'll be variable. There's a sailboat right right now going on, sailboat race going on right now, uh, which does not lend itself to video or television. It's the Golden Globe race. It's the 50th anniversary of the first edition of this race, sponsored by a British newspaper, pitting individual sailors sailing nonstop, solo, around the world. Not many people enter this race. And this year, on the 50th anniversary of it, anniversary of Sir Ronald Knox, I'm getting that name wrong, the competitors are not allowed to use electronic navigation. They can only sail by the stars. Needless to say, having started July 1st, I believe, most of the sailboats have dropped out of the race. All you can do if you want to see the race is you just 
I get an update on a, on a website and you can see their tracks. And watching sailboat tracks of, of boats that are in the ocean, especially the Indian Ocean, it, 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 there's no straight lines. It's like an etch-a-sketch. They're going this way and that way and backwards and down and up and around because the wind is changing 90 degrees, 180 degrees. The current is doing crazy things. And sometimes it makes the sailboats actually turn around. Not like turn around side to side, but flip around 360 degrees. And they're not usually good for sailing anymore after that. If life feels like an extra sketch, if life feels like I'm not going forward, I'm going sideways, and then I'm going backward, and then I'm going some other place, it's not necessarily because you don't desire to go to the destination. It's not necessarily because you don't desire God or desire heaven or desire the life of grace. But it could be because we don't have the right sails up. We haven't made the right preparations for how hard it's going to be at home or how hard it's going to be at the office or how hard it's going to be in this part of the world at this time in history or what life is like right now in the body of Christ. And so it means there's some things I don't need on my boat. They're just going to weigh me down. They're a distraction. And there's some things I do. This past week, I was fortunate to be able to make my annual retreat. And it's great to be able to turn off everything. My phone doesn't even work where, where I go. The radio doesn't go on. And it's, it's, just, it's just quiet. It's just the Word of God. It's prayer. It's silence. It's easy to be good when you're on retreat. It's easy to be good when you're living in a monastery or a convent. That's why we expect more of our religions. But if we live in the world, it's that much more difficult. So I encourage you to take stock of your, your wind and your tide and your current and then make, make a plan, make a Make a plan for this Advent. Or make a plan for the, this next phase of life. And ask the Lord to guide your way. There's a, a beautiful little prayer. It's in the hymnal. I'll just read it to you. Um, if you want to look at it later, it's number 547. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Guide me, O thou great Redeemer, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. Open now the crystal fountain whence the healing stream doth flow. Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead all my journey through. Strong deliverer, Strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. Be thou still my strength and shield. When I tread the verge of Jordan, bid my anxious fears subside. Death of death and hell's destruction, lead me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises I will ever give to thee.
I will ever give to thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.